Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. When you're dating, it can be so easy to get caught up in the stress and anxiety of every situation. Why aren't they communicating? Why didn't they text me back? Am I getting ghosted? Why is this happening again? Why can't someone commit? I've asked myself all of these questions too, more times than I can count. You wouldn't believe what happens when you approach these situations with a different mindset and focus on solutions instead of problems. I started therapy because I was so stuck on the problems in my dating life. My therapist helped me learn why I was ending up in the same situations over and over and helped me come up with a different way and a different mindset to approach dating. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, accessible, affordable, and entirely online. Get matched with a therapist after filling out a brief survey and switch therapists anytime. Whether you want to be a better problem solver or a better dater, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash other people today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash other people. Hey guys, it's Alana and there goes my AirPod. Welcome back to seeing other people. Wow. No one could see that, but my AirPod just fell out. Um, Oh my God. The other day I was getting on the train from home back to the city. It's like a 45 minute train that I take. Super easy. I don't mind it at all. I actually have gotten so much work done on the train and I was sitting waiting for the train as it was delayed and I was doing a little work and then put my laptop in my bag, stood up to get ready to get on the train because it was coming in like a minute and a half. And Of course, I hear something fall. And of course, my AirPods case was on my lap and fell right onto the tracks. And this was like a brand new AirPods Pro case that I got last week. And holy shit, I was like, well, that sucks. But I mean, obviously, I didn't think twice about it because it's on the track and my train's coming in a minute. And the guy who was sitting next to me on the bench just like stood up and like looked over and saw that it was my AirPods case. And he was like, Oh, I'll get it. And I was like, you do not have to do that. Like, thank you for offering, but please do not. It's fine. It's just an AirPods case. Like it's not the end of the world. And he was like, no, I I don't mind at all. And I'm like, no, no, no. I, I insist like, please do not. And before I could stop him, he jumps down, jumps down onto the tracks, grabs my AirPods case. Like it's nothing. Like he's just on the grass or like crossing the street. And like starts to come back up. It was a little bit difficult for him to get up, but he got up and just hands it to me as if, like I said, he was like crossing a street while the crosswalk was on. And I was, I didn't know what to say. I was speechless. I wanted to give it to him. I was like, thank you so much. Like, holy shit. That was so nice. And I never would have done it. And the train came like, um, like 30 seconds after that. Um, Anywho, needless to say, do not jump onto train tracks. AirPod cases are not worth it. Um, But do do kind things for strangers because I keep thinking about that. And um, it keeps kind of encouraging me to do kind things for other strangers. Um, I actually think that's why I like wanted to like sign up to donate blood. um, Because I was like, wow, like I'm not going to jump on the train tracks for a stranger. But like, there's blood shortage in New York, like the least I can do, like I have blood, I can give that. Um, And I kind of just keep thinking about other ways I can be not a better person, but like, I mean, yeah, be a better person, but also just like do good for other people. So um, the man who helped me on the train tax, thank you, even though there's just no way you're listening to this. Anywho, um, that all was just explained because my AirPod just fell out of my ear. As I was saying, hey, guys, I know you don't really care to hear about this. So I am going to get into the episode topic very quickly, but... 
first, I just want to say thank you to everyone who listened to the first unfiltered episode last week and who embraced it and who reached out. I, I know I said this last week where I, I couldn't believe how much feedback I got about the Sarah episode. Um, but I, this, I mean, the feedback for this episode was even beyond that. And I'm just so, so glad that people are feeling understood and validated in what they're feeling. And it means the world to me how many people have reached out to share their own stories. And this week alone, I have 10 unfiltered episode recordings. And I did five last week. And I cannot wait to share some of these stories with you. Every guest has been incredible so far. And and for those of you listening who have reached out and who have already recorded, thank you. It takes so much strength to do what you're doing. And I am so grateful. And I know the whole Seeing Other People community is as well. As a reminder, any help that you can do to support the show is so, so appreciated, whether it is just leaving a five-star rating and a review on the podcast app on on Apple, iTunes, whichever you want to call it, or sharing this to your story so that a friend can see it or sending an episode to a friend that you think would benefit from hearing it. Or of course, signing up for the Patreon. Uh, We had a great Patreon happy hour last week. It was great to see everyone's faces and get an update on uh, their dating lives and, and talk about what we were each going through. And love doing that. I love the profile revamps. That's always an option. If you think your dating profile could use a makeover, I am here for you. So patreon.com slash seeing other people for all of that. This week's episode, I am so excited for it. I am bringing on Smiley Pazwalski, who is the author of Friendship in the Age of Loneliness. And this book is just came out recently, and it's available wherever you want to get your book. And it is really a necessary thing. It's necessary for us to learn about friendship and human connection in the time we live in right now. And it's necessary for us to be talking about it because so often we don't and we aren't really actually connecting and we're not using like the full capacity of like the human experience. And I learned so much from this book. I learned so much from this conversation and Um, without further ado, we're going to get right into it. And welcome Smiley into the episode. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, Alana. I am so excited to have you. Uh, Just a little background for everyone. When Smiley and I just got on the recording, we were saying how like we have so many different connections and like mutual like friends in common. And Smiley even knows my older brother, Andrew. So it's just like such a long time coming that we're having you on the show. Yeah, it's kismet. It's supposed to happen. I'm so excited to be here today. Exactly. Well, why don't you give the Seeing Other People family a little background of who you are? All right. Well, hi, everyone. Uh, My name is Adam Smiley Pozwalski. I go by Smiley. I am an author, a public speaker, a millennial workplace expert. I live in San Francisco, California. I was born in Cambridge, Massachusetts. And I just wrote a book called Friendship in the Age of Loneliness, which is all about fostering human connection and friendship in the digital age. Um, yeah, there it is. I have mine. <laughs> and the big poster in the background. <laughs> Love it. In case you, in case you were wondering, not, one, not <laughs> sure what the name of my book was. It's right there. Um, but yeah, I spend a lot of my time, um, at least in normal, normal non-COVID times, going around to companies and conferences talking about how to make young people happy at work and how we can foster more meaning and connection and engagement in our lives. So this book um, is kind of my latest project, uh, born out of my own kind of struggles with loneliness and 
trying to find um, deeper friendships in the kind of digital world we live in and the social media landscape we live in. I love that. And I think that's something that obviously, especially after this past year, but just in general, in the times we live in now, a lot of people are experiencing and and people even feel lonely when they're surrounded by so many people. And there's also that whole idea of how like, the more lonely you are, the more you make it look like you're not lonely on social media. So it's all this one big mess. But um, I really think everything that you're doing is so cool and so necessary. And I'm really excited that you're here because obviously everything's really about human connection and, and friendships are about human connection and so are relationships. So I think a lot of the work that you've done and a lot of what is in friendship in the age of loneliness can apply to dating as well, which is just really, really cool to think about. Totally. I mean, at the end of the day, what is dating and what is love if not human connection, right? Exactly. It's what it's all about. It's about connecting on a deeper level, figuring out who you are and what you're looking for, and then being able to respond to your to your partner, to the whoever you're looking for in terms of what their needs are. That's what this is all about. It's amazing. Like at the end of the day, like one of the biggest lessons I had from this book was it's so simple, but the, one of the biggest things we can do in our lives to live a long and help and happy life is just invest in our social relationships. Mm-hmm. It's very simple. Like social survive, like social support increases your, your chance of survival by 50%. It's insane. Yeah. It's, it's truly like, insane. And not investing it is like akin to um, smoking 15 cigarettes a day. Oh my God. So it's like literally a health benefit. It's one of the largest health benefits we did, we can we have is to invest in the people around us, both the people we love, our family, our partner, and our friends. And yet we don't do that. Right? Yeah. It's free. It's like, like Harvard <laughs> did a study that tracked sophomores, then sophomores, um, the study was all men, uh, in that started in 1937. Um, and tracked over 70 years, these men's lives and found that the single biggest factor to determining their health and well being was their social relationships. Wow. Like the people that had the best relationships in their 50s were the healthiest at the age of 80. It wasn't like how much money they made, or how successful they were or where they went to, you know, like the fact that they went to Harvard or any of that, it was just, did they have people in their lives that cared about them that they cared about? That's it. All right. So now everyone needs to read this book to figure out exactly how to do it so they can live a long, healthy, happy life. Um, I find that really fascinating because on a recent episode we had uh, with my best friend, Sarah Sassone, she and I talked about how we always forget to invest in ourselves and our Mm. own like happiness and health. And I think a huge part of doing that is by investing in the thing, the people in your life that make you happy. Totally. Yeah, like what's going to be good for you? And also you can't show up for the people in your life if you're not showing up for yourself. 100%. And that that goes for friends or like romantic partners and family members, everyone. Like that was actually a big lesson I learned in the pandemic because I actually hadn't, I I had not committed to therapy until Mm -hmm. April of 2020. Like that was when I, I've been in therapy now for over a year. Um, And I never done that like week to week, you know, I'd seen therapists here or there, but never kind of committed to it until the pandemic. And at first I was kind of like, what am I paying for? You know, like this person's just listening to me talk about my shit. (laughs) Yeah. You know, like, what is the point of this? How's this going to affect me? And then I was like, oh, this person is just listening to me talk about my shit. (laughs) Like, that's amazing. (laughs) 
Yeah, it's something I, that everyone <laughs> really needs because otherwise you just let all of that shit like rub off on everyone around you and every part of your life. And it it's going to come out in ways that you don't want it to. Totally. And I have like no doubt that like one of my the reasons I've been able to stay in or like be in a relationship and be happy in a relationship over the past year and beyond is because mm-hmm. of being in therapy. Like, I just think that that's because it's like you you understand yourself more, which allows you to show up in relationship more, period. Like definitely. Um, and I, and I kind seeing, of, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say, I, I feel that way, like from doing a dating podcast for the last year, like that's almost been a method of therapy. Like I have learned so much about myself and I feel like I'm a completely different person than when I started this. And I think that's why I'm able to like show up for myself and for my boyfriend now and like actually be in a healthy relationship, which I've never experienced. It it turns out it's a beautiful thing. It's rare though. It is. And we'll, we'll get back to that and dive in a little bit more a little later in the episode. Cause I really want to hear about your pandemic love story. And I think everyone absolutely will want to hear about that. All right, everybody. Right now, as we speak, I am double fisting CBD from Mindset Wellness CBD, my favorite company in the world. In my right hand, I have my rest gummies that I took last night. These taste incredible. It's really part of my nighttime routine. Like I brush my teeth, I get into bed, I take a rest gummy. Though I guess that kind of erases the fact that I brush my teeth, but it's fine. And I slept for like 10 hours, woke up not feeling groggy or like sluggish or anything. And I took a focus gummy because I had a huge day of work. I had this recording and I wanted to really be productive and power through it all. And I did. And I really, truly love Mindset Wellness's products and their CBD gummies, especially. I think I've tried them all at this point and I continuously buy them all because I love them. And I've gotten all my friends hooked on them, but not actually hooked because they're not addictive. So don't worry about that. Um, but they taste amazing, gluten-free, non-GMO, vegan, all of the things that you want in your gummies. And they're also now available with our code for 10% off and free shipping. So head to mindsetwellnesscbd.com, use code seeing other people at checkout and enjoy your restful sleep and productive day with your rest and focus gummies. Um, But I want to go through a few different parts of the book that really stood out to me as things that I think are important to kind of recognize and and talk about. So the first one um, is in the section be more playful and it's on page 43 and it's called open your world. And so I thought this section was really cool. And you talk about this woman named Joanna who lives by the quote, like a stranger is a friend you haven't met yet. And the concept that you can really like open your world to other people. And that's something we don't do. And whether it's somebody like a friend of a friend who you really want to meet or a stranger on the street who like is, has a cool shirt and you just like want to tell them that, but you're like, no, that's weird. Like, I don't want to interrupt them. Or like someone on the subway who catches your eye. It's like, all you need to do is say hi. And you have, you never know how much that person could change your world. So it's like, you really have to put yourself in the position to, well, first you have to get comfortable, like opening yourself up. And then the other part of it is like putting yourself in the position to meet other strangers who could really impact your life. Totally. And I think like a lot of times people will hear this, maybe they would read this section or, or glance at it and be like, oh, I'm not an extrovert. 
Right. You know, like there are people that are like going to go around and being like, hey, hey, like, oh my gosh, like, here's a lollipop. Like, let me buy you coffee. <laughs> so like there are people, yeah. you know, I'm more towards that kind of type of person in the world. Like I'm smiley, mm-hmm. I'm pretty bubbly. But I actually think that this works for introverts too. This is more about just being curious. Like yeah. one of the gifts of actually introverts is people like they're good listeners. <laughs> So it's like, if you're a good listener and all you're doing is going around the world being like, that's someone I could listen to, (laughs) like Mm -hmm. that's someone that I might be able to talk to. I could listen to their story. How's your day? And I'm actually going to hear it. Mm -hmm. Like what a beautiful thing. So I think this is like less about like being the most extroverted person in a room, like going up and be like, I'm going to give my business card to everyone here. I'm going to meet everyone at my cafe and more like, I'm just going to keep my eyes open. Yeah. Right. I'm going to look up from my phone. Like Mm -hmm. when I go to a place, I'm going to be curious. I'm not going to say, oh, I came with these people to a dinner party. So I'm not going to talk to anyone else. I'm going to at least make an effort to like become friends or introduce myself to one or two other people. It's just like that simple shift. I really like what you said about like putting your phone down when you're going somewhere, because I recently did that on a walk with one of my roommates and we just like went for like a 30 minute walk and we're like three blocks from our our apartment and I was like looking I didn't bring my phone with me and I was like looking around and I'm like wait I had no idea these places were here like there was a whole entire block that's taken up by like some it's like the institution of something something of Europe or I don't even know what it was but I was like has this been here this whole time? Like, how am I that damn oblivious? And it's like, oh, well, because I have my phone inch from my face the entire time. Right. And it's like, you know, like we do this, like traveling, I think we're best at it. Like when we're like in a new place, we're just wandering around and you're like, Ooh, mm-hmm. that cafe looks cute. You know, right. or like, oh my gosh, like this, I want to have lunch there. Or, you know, like yeah. I'm going to go to this bar later tonight. But like when we're in a place like, you know, like I live in San Francisco, I'm like, oh, yeah, I've been on this on Valencia Street a hundred times. But like that's going to keep me from being like, oh, there's a new spot. Right. Yeah, or like exactly. what's going on over here? This is like art gallery now or this is like some cool event space like dope. Like I might check it out by just the simple act of being like not looking at your phone, you know, when you're walking down the street, which is also really dangerous because you can trip into people, bump into people this and trip on stuff. But also just being curious and not assuming that you even though you've been to a place a hundred times that you know it fully. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. every time I take a, you know, like you take a walk in your neighborhood, you can probably like, that's like why I love Joanna's story. It's like, she notices something different each time. Like, you know, yep. by trying to connect with strangers, like the walk home from work, which is like normally pretty monotonous and boring. Like another day, got to go home, like right. have a glass of wine suddenly becomes a game. Yeah. It's like, can I meet a new person? Can I notice something new? Can I have a conversation? It's so much more playful. It's curious. It's exciting. And it just like opens up possibility. Exactly. Yeah. The whole concept of making connecting with strangers a game. I I loved that. And I mean, even in my own world and between me and and friends and friends, parents that I know, like I've heard so many amazing, like life-changing stories about things that happen when two strangers just happen to meet. Like I have a whole group of friends, like we all love. Oh, well, one thing I, this will relate back to is like doubling down on the things that you authentically enjoy and are into and using those things as an opportunity to like open your world and, and meet new people. And so that brings me back to what I was about to say, which is like, I 
as many of our listeners know, I'm obsessed with the Jonas Brothers. And a friend of mine literally started talking to somebody else in line to get into this like Nick Jonas talk that he was giving. And now like my friend and I and our other friend and then that other girl who was next to her and her friends are all in we've been in this Jonas Brothers group chat for like two years. We just booked four vacations together to go visit places that the Jonas Brothers are going to concerts at. Like these people are like my friends for life. And I would not have known them had these two girls not been like, oh, like, let's just say hi, because we're both waiting in line and have a, a similar interest. Right, exactly. It wouldn't have happened if you didn't like just like made an effort you know yeah. like put your, you know it's like it's so simple yet it's really hard in practice and I love exactly. the kind of piece about like being authentic like I think that especially in dating this happens all the time and with like people that are like they have their like canned one-liners or like they're You're like right. I think I'm supposed to say this you know like or like yeah. these lines that they've come up with whether they're like pickup lines or lines that like work for their buddy or whatever it's like no one wants to hear that shit like that like recycled bullshit it's like who are you what are you mm -hmm. authentically into you love the jonas brothers amazing like rock <laughs> right. with that roll with that I'll, when i tell the story of uh how my partner ali and i first met not how we, we not how we started dating but like when we very first met it was because we were like we were both at this summer camp and we started talking about dave matthews band and yeah. we were both like both into dave matthews band which is like something I'm like kind of maybe embarrassed about or whatever. But like, I was <laughs> like, yeah, I love that album. Like I love, you know, I used to listen to that all the time. And like, that was like one of our initial connection points, you know? Yeah, it is crazy how much music brings people together. It's wild. I've, it makes me so happy too, because it's such a big part of my life. Totally. I mean, I think like that's like, you know, there's a little section in the book about like asking better questions, like more, like a little bit better than like, what do you do? Where do you work? Like what neighborhood do you live in? If you want to go a little bit deeper, kind of just like what album have you been listening to recently on repeat? Yeah. Especially you know, if, like, if music is something you care about, then totally. yeah, find out what music they care about and see if it's also something they're interested in. Or if you are, if you really like sports, like sign up for a, an intramural soccer league or like even ping pong league, like anything you can do to kind of put yourself in the position to meet people and talk about these shared interests and um, like really focus in on that conversation, uh, I think is really, really impactful. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's finding shared interest, having the conversations, being open to the conversation, being open to being open to the world around you. I mean, from like a yeah. very like simple perspective, I think is something that we um, ignore. We, we just kind yeah. of assume that we're doing it, but we're actually not. It like actually has to be an intention. Like that's one of the kind of main pieces of this book is like friendships don't happen. Don't just happen, especially when you're an adult, yeah. right? Like especially post-college or like maybe like in your twenties, thirties and beyond, like you have to make an effort. Like you have to think about it. You have to be like, I'm making a goal to make a new friend this month, you know, right. like in the same with dating, like dating, you're not, if you're just casually, you know, trying to meet people and assuming that someone's going to set you up, it's probably not going to happen. You know, right. you kind of have to put yourself out there. You have to kind of like try. <laughs> yeah. You, you really have to try. And of course there are those cases where people do get lucky, but those are the rare occasions. Like that's not the norm. That's the exception. Not the norm. Yeah. And one thing I wanted to um, call out from this section of the book was this concept of like focus, focusing on staying present 
with the person you're with. So like, mm. just be like, here's the thing. It's like, just because you're going to go up and say hi to someone or like challenge yourself to talk to a stranger or something that doesn't mean that like, that has to be your new best friend. Like that has to be the person you're going to date. You're just like trying, but you want to actually like pay attention and pay attention to how you feel. So there was a quote that said, similar to a first date, you're not asking yourself, do I want to spend the rest of my life with this person? You're asking, am I interested in what this person has to say? Am I engaged right now? Am I having a good time? If the answer is yes, then keep hanging with them. And that really spoke to me. And I think that is something that people need to keep in mind. Like it's not like one person that you talk to or meet at an event or go on a date with is not necessarily your end all be all. So you don't have to put too much pressure on it. You just want to pay attention to how you're feeling in the moment. Yeah, totally. I think like often like first date or first meeting of a new person, we're like, is this going to be my best friend? Is this my soulmate? Like, do they want to have my babies? Which is like, (laughs) okay, like how about, you know, did you enjoy talking with them for 20 minutes? (laughs) Like, (laughs) did they have something interesting to say? Did they make you laugh? You know, like just kind of, you know, start there. Um, because I think often we'll brush off people like, oh, they didn't like the Jonas brothers. I'm out. Right. Or like, or like didn't, didn't like wipe me off, uh, swipe me off my feet. Like they're not my person. And it's like, well, okay, slow down. Like how was the conversation? Um, is there some momentum? Would you want to see the person again? I think the same thing for friendships. It's like, okay, this person's cool. Like as long as they weren't like if they if they if they say something disrespectful, if they make you feel unsafe, if if you're you know if you really don't like being in their company, yeah, that's it. That's the end of the interaction. It's over. But yeah. presuming that there's something there, roll with it a little bit. Exactly, and that that kind of leads into the next thing I wanted to talk about, which was the concept of the slow build friendship. If you want to give a little bit of an instruction to what that actually means. Yeah. So like, I think again, you know, there's, there's research that shows that it takes, um, actually at least 90 hours with someone for them to be considered a real friend. (laughs) Right. And I think immediately we have like in the same way with dating, we have like this romantic comedy, you know, like kind of the, like you've got mail or like before, before sunrise, like you, you bump into someone at the bookstore, like you both have the same book. And it's on, you know, it's like, I think we have and that the rest for is history. and the rest is history. It's like, oh my gosh, like we had this amazing night. Like we spent the first, you know, we became best friends because we spent 48 hours together. Like immediately right. it's like, again, that can happen. I think maybe some of us have had these experiences, but the norm is likely like you meet someone, you don't talk for a few weeks and then maybe you hang out. Right. Yeah. So it's like the slow build friendship. Friendships are built over time. It actually, uh, this research shows that, um, it takes actually 200 hours for someone to go from being um, to become a close friend and actually feel a real emotional connection with someone. So 200 hours is a long time. <laughs> you have, you you know? have to really become like a professional in a <laughs> sense. Like there's like 200 hour yoga teacher training and it's yeah, like, exactly. right? like, like Smiley, you need to take the 200 hour Alana class now. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and yeah. that's like, what a great way to like, First of all, like people might feel pressure about that Im- immediately, but I actually think it's like if you reframe it, it's like how cool, right? Yeah. Both for friendships or for dating, like, hey, you're going to take the class on Smiley right now. Like it's going to be over time. You don't have to do it in a weekend. <laughs> you know, like right. I don't need you to quit your job this week to like hang out with me. 
but there's yeah. a lot here and and I mean, that's I a beautiful would. thing i'm down I'm <laughs> like like i think i think we could we could work with that I'm down. but uh, I'm down. 200 hours what what does that mean? Like, does that have to be in person or like, cause there are a lot of like, I, I've had a lot of like really deep conversations with people over text, but like at the same time, that's not really real, but it is. Cause those are like my thoughts and like words and emotions, like what, you know? Yeah. I don't think that there's like a singular answer there that like in-person connection, the connection has to be in person for it to count. I think we've seen in the last year with the pandemic, like people developing like serious, like intimate connections virtually, you know, especially mm -hmm. when it comes to like FaceTime, like I've, you know, done a ton of FaceTimes with my family, with my sister, my nephew, who's uh, almost yeah. two years old. Like I was doing a, uh, a weekly, uh, zoom call with my buddies my best friends from college like in the early pandemic days every week you know most of them are in new york or you know um and we were normally only getting together like every year or two for like a wedding or a bachelor party right. or something and now we're like talking once a week on yeah. zoom like it's great and that's deepening our friendship so i think there's not an answer there but i do think like in the same way with dating like you have to get off the app eventually Right. Like mm -hmm. there has to be a basis there of experience, right. of trust, of communication, of adventure, which likely yeah. will happen in person. Right. Yeah. So I don't think you, I think you can maintain the relationship virtually, but if you have you have to have that foundation. Yeah, that, but that makes can, a lot of sense. But you can connect virtually and like build the rapport via text, maybe video, phone calls, like long phone calls. I'm a big phone call person. But I think you then at some point like relationships I mean, we're, we're human beings, like, right, right. you know, eye contact, physical touch, touch. being in the presence of, of folks is like what makes a real relationship. And the, and the data shows that like, that's the end of the day, like what we're starving for and which, which why the pandemic was so hard for so many people is like, we're human beings, like we need to be in the company of other people, we need to be touched by other people, we need to be hugged, like, yeah, this is like the chemicals in our brain need that to survive. Yeah, like, that's how we've made it this far is because of like you know villages and tribes and love yeah we weren't intimacy. built to be like isolated by any means yeah exactly we weren't built to like only communicate via you know a two inch like device you know like a two inch <laughs> exactly. screen like that's not like you know they, these their tools can be useful but like that's not the same and it's time to talk about my favorite topic ever, which is, of course, Mindset Wellness CBD and their CBD gummies. And I have to tell you, if you have not tried these, you are missing out. And I know sometimes it could be scary to try a new thing, but if you've never tried CBD and you're just like curious about it and you're afraid because like you don't know really what it is, let me tell you, it is not addictive. It is totally illegal. And like, it's like a healthy, it's almost as if you're taking a vitamin and it just, like you don't feel side effects. You don't feel like dizzy or like you're drunk or high or anything like that. You just feel like the best version of yourself and it's great. And like I said, totally legal. Like it's all like organic things in it. It's all pure substances. And it. So I don't like the word substance because then it sounds like a thing, but no, it's just great. And I love it. And I promise if you try them, you will like it. Um, and I really just, I'm obsessed with these and I keep talking about them because I want all of you to try them. So head to mindsetwellnesscbd.com and use code seeing other people at checkout and that will get you 10% off and free shipping. And then you'll also just feel amazing and on top of the world because you now have Mindset Wellness CBD and their gummies back to the episode. 
One thing I want to call out for the listeners and even for myself is, is hearing the whole 200 hour concept and the research that it takes like that long for someone to really like build a, like an emotional connection. That's really comforting because I think a lot of times we put so much pressure on ourselves. It's like, okay, we went on three dates, but I don't think like, I don't know, like I don't feel myself like falling yet. And like, I actually recently heard somebody who was a guest on another podcast say that if you're not in love by 12 date 12, it's over. Like there's no hope. And I was like, I like thought about the number of dates that like my new boyfriend and I have been on. And I was like, then we're screwed. But like, that's, that can't be real. Like, how can, how can it be that you have to be in love by date 12? That's so early on. You don't know everything. You don't know anything about each other yet. Yeah. I don't like ultimatums of like numbers of dates or like, you know, I never like that kind of like, okay, like third date you're supposed to make out or whatever. Like all that right. stuff I think is like out the window. I think it's like every relationship is different. And yep. the most important thing is to kind of like, what are, how do you feel? And how does the person feel? Like also communicate. How do you feel about this? Like exact communicate? Like, no way. I've never heard that word before. You know, I don't know. What is that? What does that even mean? (laughs) You know, like, how do you feel right now? I feel good. Like, and also like, it doesn't have to be like, I'm madly in love. It's like, I enjoy spending time with you. Like I'm into this. Cool. I'm into this too. Let's keep going. You know, I I know people that probably haven't been able to, to know that in five years. That's okay. I know people that have felt that on the first date or, or Mm. in five minutes, like that, this is my, this is my person or I'm in love with this person. Great. Both of those, it's like, everyone's different. I I think the important thing is, you know, connecting with your own, um, your own feelings and expressing your needs and desires. Um, Yeah, I mean, I think also, like, these things take time, like friendships take time, relationships take time. And more often than not, I hear that it takes people a while to really to feel that way. I know from my my experience in my relationship, like, you know, Ali and I needed that time. We needed like the space of like, we moved in together during quarantine and like, we needed that time. Like, you know, yeah. if we had just been kind of going on a couple of dates here or there, I don't know if we would have been able to cultivate that like trust and communication and like day after day connection. Um, it didn't happen right away. And I hear that from a lot of people, especially I think as you get older, I think people dating in their like late twenties, thirties, forties, um, talk about this a lot. Like it's, it's, it's much less, you know, we expect to have the snap of the fingers or like immediate sweet, you know, swept off your feet. It's a beautiful thing when that happens, but more often than not, it's like a little bit of a bumpy road and there's some twists and turns, but then, you know, something clicks and either clicks or it doesn't click, which is probably a positive too, because no one wants to be with someone that they don't want to be with, but you find out over time. Um, so a little bit of patience, I think, which is not always what we want to hear, but yeah, it's important. Well, since you brought it up, why don't you tell me a little bit more about you and Allie and your pandemic love story and how that all unfolded? Sure. I'll try to keep it a little brief because I can probably do like a whole episode (laughs) just about this. Um, but so yeah, I actually met my now partner, Allie originally back in 2017, we were both um, at a summer camp for adults called Camp Grounded, which is a digital detox where your phones get locked away for four days and you're in the woods, uh, in the redwoods, um, 
of California, just connecting on like a much uh, kind of just personal level. You're not allowed to talk about work or what do you do or anything like that. I loved that. I loved that. <laughs> just jumping in because you talk about that in the book a lot. And I think that is so cool. And I almost wish we could create a space where people like went into a dating situation like that, where they didn't go by their normal name. They couldn't talk about work. I think people would end up like so much more successful on dates like that. Totally. Continue. <laughs> it, just, it makes it so much more personal. So we met in that yeah. context, which was just like very fun, very playful. I mentioned like we were, you know, hanging out, talking under the Redwoods and talking about our mutual love for Dave Matthews band. I like wrote Ali, like we, we have inboxes at camp, but you can only do handwritten notes. I mean, there's no love. technology, so it's just notes or little gifts or whatever. Um, so I wrote her a note. Like Ali was seeing in a relationship, and and then we kind of just stayed in touch as friends. Um, and then we there, you know, we we were friends. We weren't like super close, but we would see each other every now and then in in this next couple of years. And then I had a house concert at my house, uh, January of 2020. So for those listening, that's like six weeks before the pandemic, right? Like yeah. knowing no idea what was coming. Like I I I used to live in a. Uh, co-living house in Oakland. Um, so like a pretty big house with 12 other people, like all about communal living and just like a lot of artists. Does Oakland have any houses that are not like that? Because <laughs> all the people I've spoken to in my lifetime that have lived in Oakland all live in places like that, including my brother. <laughs> right. There are a lot of that, but there's definitely obviously apartments and single family okay. homes, but had yeah, to ask. Oakland had to has ask. that vibe, which is amazing. <laughs> I mean, it's like makes it much more affordable and it's like such, yeah. such a beautiful thing to live with other people. So I had like maybe 50, 70 people in my living room. My friend Kelly was playing music, Kelly McFarlane, like amazing folk music. So she was playing, I was hosting the show and then, you know, Allie was there um, and, you know, she'd actually been on another date that night and like come because the date wasn't like going well. You know, we were just friends. Yeah. I was like kind of crushing on somebody else that was at the concert. And at the end of the show, like Ali's like, I think I got to go back to the city. I was like, well, it's great to see you. Thanks for coming. And she's like, but I think I want to stay here and make out with you. Shut up. And I was like, I love that. I was like, what? Okay. Like, you know, because like we were completely, you know, we were just friends. Like we had even like chatted about each other's relationships and whatever. Like we were just kind of totally, you know, platonic friends. And I was like totally taken, you know, just kind of like surprised. Yeah. And I was like, okay, like I'm into that. She's like, don't you need to like, you know, clean up and take care of the, the guests at the show. I was like, nope. no, that's fine. I was like, we're good. My roommates will take care of it. <laughs> yep. Um, so that was like the first, uh, the first time we made out. So just kind of like, and then, and then that was January 4th, six weeks later, we decided to quarantine together at Allie's place in San Francisco. Wow. So just a little bit of like a, like talking about how sometimes it takes some time and there's some starts and stops and like, you don't really know. And timing is a thing, you know, like someone can be in a relationship. You just don't yeah. know. Like uh, even that night, like had Allie's date gone well, like she may have not even come to the show. She wasn't planning on it, but the date right. sucked and she was like, I'm going to go see Smiley, like go to this house for the yeah. show, you know? So just like, you don't know. Like I had, I had kind of completely been like, oh yeah, Ali's great. She's a friend of mine. And then right. now we're talking about spending our lives together. So it's like, life is really, just don't happen. know, you know, keep your eyes open. And also if you like someone, I think the other lesson from this, like 
kudos to Allie for like, you know, going for it, going for it, you know, yeah. and just like naming what she was feeling. You know, at the time it was, you know, we were, we were just, you know, she was just like, I'm attracted to you. I want to spend time with you. Like I want to make out with you. And I was like, that's awesome. You know? Yeah. And, and in the early stages, even of when we started dating, like pre pandemic, like we were like, yeah, like let's, you know, Allie was about to go travel. She thought she was supposed to go travel. Like I was busy, like on the, you know, going to be speaking, like the relationship was very like, let's just have fun. And right. then the pandemic happened. Yeah. And Allie was like, I think you should quarantine with me. And I was like, well, I live in this house with 12 people. It'd be really fun during the pandemic. And then Allie's like, are you really going to stay with 12 people over hanging out with me? I was like, no, you're right. Like, you know, yeah. like, what am I doing? Like, this is a yeah. great opportunity, you know, because we were both like with quarantining. We're like, either we're going to find that we want to be together or, or we're not. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That's great. I mean, I think that whole story is incredible for so many reasons. The fact that it took time and and there were times where you wanted it to happen times where you didn't think it was going to happen. And then like she just, she said what she was feeling and you were open to it. Right. And it's like, imagine, think about all the times that there's something on our mind that we want to say to someone, but we're afraid to, and we hold back or we're like, no, it's not going to work. Or like, no, like what if they say no? It's like, you never know until you try. Right. So yeah. Right. You never know. And like, yeah, I'd say like, yeah, conclusions. If you're really into someone, let them know. Or or if, yeah. if you're just into someone, like communicate that. I know it's like, it's kind of scary, but like nobody knows how you feel. <laughs> they can't yeah. mind read. <laughs> yeah. I'm so conflicted right now because there's so much more in the, like in the book that I want to talk about. But then there are also like other more like dating and friendship related questions. How about this? Maybe I'm wondering if we can connect like some of the like dating specific ones back to the book. How does that sound? That sounds great. Okay. So there are a lot of questions that we get from our listeners that have to do with friendships when it comes to dating and whether like that, that spans so far. And like, we could talk about what, what happens if you like your friend or like if you become friends with benefits with someone. But I think the main things that we haven't really talked about on this show that people really want to hear about is Things like, what do you do if you don't like your friend's significant other? Like, how do you communicate that? Or if, I know this happens a lot where sometimes you feel like you're the only single friend in the friend group and like you feel lonely and isolated, but you don't want to make your friends feel bad. How, like, what, what have you learned in all of your research and all of your work and in writing this book that you think could help people through these situations? Yeah, I think that first one is really tricky because I've yeah. been burned by that. Like I've had a friend, <laughs> a close friend ask me like, you know, so what do you think about, you know, their, their then, their then girlfriend, you know? And yeah. I was like, well, and they're like, they're like, I want you to be honest. Like, you know, like we've had some ups and downs. We're kind of making a decision about like what's going to happen. And I was like, well, I, I kind of, I was like, you want me to be honest? They're like, I want you to be honest. Like, don't bullshit. And like, if a friend tells you not to bullshit, you're yeah. not supposed to bullshit. And I was like, right. you know, I think you all have like really like had a lot of struggles and you don't seem to make each other happy. And I frankly think you could do better, you know? And I was just honest. Right. <laughs> yada, yada, yada. They're now married and like have children. Ooh. So just <laughs> like 
that's when that can go like, you know, like you have to be really thoughtful about that. Like not to say you should always tell like your friend that you love their significant other if you don't. But I think you can, I I regret saying that, you know, because now it's like something that every time I spend time with them, it's like, you know, um, it's like, doesn't feel good. And I think like, also I've grown to really enjoy that person, you know, more because of as, as time goes on. So I think it's like a tricky situation. I think if you really feel like your friend is not well, or if like that person is like, having a, a really negative impact on their life, that person's health or mental health or well-being, like that's, we have to look out for our friends. And I think it's important to communicate that. At the end of the day, it's their life. But like, yeah. you know, I think that like we owe it to the people in our lives that we truly care about. I think this would go more for close friends too than acquaintances. I think if like, if like it's someone is like your bestie or like one of your, your like real homies, like you got to tell the person if they ask you, what do you think? You can't lie. Like that's, that's not how, like we shouldn't do that. Right. Open communication is really important. Like for all relationships, I think you can do it in a way that's like, not like, I think, I think what I said was wrong. You know, like, I think you could do better. I could think I would say like, well, these are some things I really like about them. Mm -hmm. And these are some things that, you know, concern me. Or I would flip it and be like, well, how do you feel around them? Like do that, you know, because I think at the end of the day, it's like, how does your how does your part, your friend's partner make your, your friend feel? That's the most important thing. Um, Logan, our friend Logan, or writes about this in um, how not to die alone. Um, It's like, we're always judging the partner. Mm -hmm. Like, like, Oh, here's my girlfriend. Here's my boyfriend. What do you think? Right? Like, Oh, she's so cool. Or she's like smart. And, you know, I, I loved her outfit and, you know, she just seems like, but it's like more like, how did your friend, seem when they were with mm-hmm. the person exactly exactly and i think I as, just, our, as our friend so it's like our job it should be like that's what we should be prioritizing on and like it's not like oh well like you can date someone more attractive or like oh like you seem happy but like they're not that smart they're not gonna make a lot of money like no it's it no. really has to be about like is your friend a better happier person when they're around them or are they struggling right and, and- yeah, exactly. I, I do think it is important to speak up if you do see that they're struggling and hopefully they will hear you out. I know. I mean, I've been in situations before where I, I had every single one of my friends speak up because I was struggling, but I was so like blind to it where I made a million excuses and it did impact my friendships for a while. But that's because I didn't want to hear it. And I just started to like kind of push everyone away. But then when I was out of that bad relationship and like mo- able to see more clearly, I was like, thank you guys for looking out for me. Right. And, like, I'm sorry that I, I was in such a bad place that I couldn't even hear what you were saying. But right. it's not lost on me that you were trying to be a good friend. Right. That's what I think it is. It's like trying to be a good friend. A good friend looks out for their friends. And if yeah. like you see your friend in a relationship um, that's making them unhealthy or not thriving. Like, I think that's a thing. That's the word I would use thriving. Like, is this, is, is the, is your friend's, uh, partner, um, significant other, like helping your friend to thrive or like bringing them down. And if they're bringing them down, like you got to say something (laughs) like, even if it's going to be awkward and it can be awkward. And, but like, that's, that's kind of what it, that's what being a friend is about. Like some, it's not supposed to be like rosy, happy go lucky all the time. Sometimes you have to right. have tough conversations, same in a relationship. Like that's part of what 
the deal is with friendship. It's like, that's why we care about it so much. It's not always simple or easy. So I think yeah. it's like, if this person, if you see your friend thriving, but you still might not love the, their, you know, their, their, their person, right? You still might not love their partner, but if they're thriving, cool. It's like, they're not my favorite. Yeah. I don't like their sense of humor. <laughs> they have shitty taste in music. Like they're not a good cook, but they make my friend happy. All right. You know, they're making my yeah. friend better. Cool. That's the big determinant is like, is your friend thriving? Um, Do you think to- there are ways to like better maintain your friendship with that person when like you don't want to be around their significant other? Or don't really like want to talk about them all the time. Like how, what, what would you advise someone when it comes to like, not just having like the ick for that friend now, or like having a bad taste in your mouth about them because they're not listening to you about their significant other? Yeah. I mean, I think that like, you know, personally, I would say that it's really important. I think friends, we, we, we often think that like the hang has to then become the friend and the partner with you with the friend and the partner. And Mm -hmm. that's sometimes the case, but I actually think like, we don't, I think we shouldn't drop the one-on-one. Like, I think actually it's really healthy for people in relationship to continue to have those one-on-one hangs and conversations and like getaways with their their close their close friend so like i don't think you want to say like i never want to hang out with you and your partner only with you like that's a little harsh but i think you could kind of say like hey like our friendship means a lot to me if you're open to it Mm -hmm. like i'd love to keep spending time with you one-on-one even though you're in the serious relationship you know kind of like great yeah yeah i know you there was a part of the book where it was like hold space for your friends and making sure like you maintain those like meaningful connections and you're not just saying like, oh, how's your week? Like you're actually checking in on them and asking like meaningful questions that are like way beyond the surface. And I think that's something to think about either in, in either situation of this. If you're the friend on who's not in the relationship, who's like watching this happen, or if you are even if you're a friend who now is getting into a relationship and you have single friends still, it's like make sure you're prioritizing those friendships and connections and continuing to develop them yeah and I think oftentimes with with, we think with like dating and friends it's like oh I have to like be the give give like the approval and then once the approval is set like once you're like okay I love I love your boyfriend Mm -hmm. I love your girlfriend like you're good then it's just like okay now we're like a we hang out the three of us Right. And it's like, I've already given the approval, so we're good. But it's like, what about the rest of life and the rest of the relationship? Likely your friend, not because not because of trouble or bad things. It's just like, they still need you as a close friend. So it's like, don't give up on them, even though you've just given the approval. Like, you, they, it's healthy for people to have those relationships, especially when they're in a serious relationship or partnership to keep having friendships. Yeah. Like that's what keeps them thriving and keeps their relationship thriving. I think we drop it. We're like, Oh, they found somebody it's over. <laughs> like right, they're gone. Right. And I'm kind of saying like, actually, no double down. Like they probably want the one-on-one time even more. They want that ability to talk even more, even if things are going well. Right. Exactly. Not to like talk shit about their partner, just to like be a normal, happy person and have great friendships. Like what a beautiful thing you can have both. Like, you know, it's like this, we kind of, I think there's like this in society, we kind of feel like, all right, they found their person. It, that's, that's it. it. See you <laughs> later. Yeah. And, and it's, like I think only, we it's only just all, beginning. 
Yeah, we do all know those people who it's like they found their partner and then they kind of dropped off the face of the earth and like forgot about everyone else. And that sucks. And and those like it's a loss of a friendship. And that's like a really hard pill to swallow. And nobody if you think about it, like you don't want to be that friend that does that. Um, but going back to what you were saying, where it's like, well, like the, the, you get the friend's approval and then it's like, OK, that's it. Like I I feel like so I'm in a pretty new relationship and my friends are still kind of all over the place coming out of the pandemic. So it's like not all of my friends, actually, like most of my friends have not met my new boyfriend, even though we've been like dating for, I guess, like most of this year, like 2021 now. But it's been tricky because it's like, I want to, some of my friends who I haven't seen in a while, I really want to see them. But then they're like, oh, but like, you need to like bring him. Like, I want to like meet him. And I'm like, well, I just want to see you. Like, or, or vice versa, where it's like, they like if I'm seeing a friend who is who I know is like single and like struggling with being single right now like I try and like be really cognizant of like going into it and not talking about my relationship because I know how hard like that was for me on the flip side when like I was the perpetually single friend I just feel like it's it's really hard to navigate but I think I'm like because I'm thinking about it I'm doing the best I can you know right Yeah, that's a tough one. I mean, I think it's like, because I have a lot of people that I haven't seen now, like you're saying, like in what has it been 16 months? Yeah. And they're like, I want to meet Allie. Like, I want to spend time with Allie. And I'm like, I just want to see I want to give you a hug. Like, I want to have some one on one time. I want to hear about your life. And but I also want them to meet Allie. So it's like a little bit tricky. Mm -hmm. Um, And hopefully there's time for both. But like, especially with like friends that are not like living in the same city, it's like you might only have one hang like what right. I've been doing is like a little bit of like a, both like come meet at, like come for, come, like come over then, the house and then we'll yeah. go for a walk, you know, or yeah. like we do a yeah. little bit of both. Um, but like, there's no easy answer for that. And I think like, you know, talking about the being single and your other question about being single around when all your friends are in relationships, this is kind of was like the story of my <laughs> most of the last <laughs> 10, 15 years of my life, or at least feels like that, like oh, third wheel or like the yep. seventh wheel, like <laughs> I'm going on going away for the weekend, like Airbnb, like everyone's coupled off, like yep. I, just, I guess I'll just hang out like at midnight by myself, you know, <laughs> like I'll bring a book. <laughs> right there with you. <laughs> um, but like what I try to remind myself is like, everyone's going through their shit and like grass is always greener. Like sometimes I've been the single person in those cases and I didn't know it at the time, but many those relationships might've been on the rocks and struggling. Right. So it's not like, Oh, everyone's happy. Go like doing so well. Like, so leading with like being happy for my friends, just kind of like, a, like being happy for them first and foremost. Cause mm-hmm. then it like flips it away from like, I'm jealous or I'm, I'm feeling sad that I'm single woe is me and like oh man like I'm so glad like I'm happy for this person you know like I, I'm so glad that they found somebody or that they're yeah. trying or like that they're they're dating someone for three months or six months or two years like that like just like leading with that celebration I think just changes the pers- my perspective a little bit um but also kind of like you have to I think if you if you are single and you're only spending time with friends in relationship that's hard and that there yeah. is like a little bit of like you might want to spend time with other folks that are that are a little bit more time with folks that are single just because 
Like you need that a little bit. You need that kind of boost, that camaraderie. Like we're in this together. Like how's your dating life going? Oh, mine sucks. Cool. Me too. Like you need a little (laughs) bit of that. Yeah. Um, And if you don't have those people, you can always go find them. Totally. Um, One, one section I really loved that really resonated with me was about using technology to heal and using technology to find like a network of people who understand you. Cause I, my friends who are listening to this are going to laugh. Like I have made so many internet friends over the course of my lifetime. And like, I of course love all of my friends who I did not meet on the internet, but the people I did meet on the internet are all like we met because of a shared passion or like something that we were both going through together. Even like I've talked to people like when I was going through a breakup, like I posted something about me going through a breakup once and like, Someone else who was going through a breakup reached out and said same. And then like, we're still friends today because we were able to lean on each other in that experience. So I think really using social media and the like internet world that's out there to to find people who you can really connect with, whether or not it's, whether it's temporary or long-term, like I think that's a really, really special thing that we're able to do. Yeah. And there's a lot of research that shows like when technology is actually being used to foster meaningful connection offline, Mm -hmm. it can be really good for us. So it's like the research, uh, this guy, John Cassiopo, he was one of the leading scholars on loneliness, talked about it as like when technology is the way station where you find directions, like basically kind of like the way, like, let's say the app hinge is set up. So Mm -hmm. it's like you meet somebody and it's kind of prompting you like, have you all gone on a date yet? Like, do you right. want to mess? Like, like get, get out of here. Do you want to stop texting? Like you yeah. both like, you know, tacos, like just go get some tacos. Like you live in LA, there's places to get tacos. Like do <laughs> yeah. it. Like, why are you still texting? You know, or why mm-hmm. are you still scrolling? You've had a conversation with this person, like go on a date with them. So when technology is used like as the way station for people to meet, find some shared passion, interest, connection, something to talk about, and then go meet up in person yeah, or have fine. a phone call it's actually really good for us. Yeah. Right. Like what you were talking about when we find other people going through the same thing, or I write about in my book, uh, a friend of mine, Liz, who had chronic Lyme disease, you Mm -hmm. know, which is like a really hard disease. A lot of like kind of Western medicine doesn't really understand it. Like there's not like a set form of medication or cure. It's isolating too. It's really isolating, but she found all of these groups on Facebook and Instagram of other people that also had her illness and mm-hmm. what they were going through and what they were doing that made them feel better. And now she's living like a much healthier life, yeah. you know, because know of those connections. A friend of mine had a similar but different experience where she found out she had herpes and it was something she was felt so like she couldn't talk about with her friends or, or that like she could talk about it, but like we wouldn't really understand it, which is true. Like I, I could not truly understand how she was feeling. I could try to, but I was never going to be the person who could really like help her through and, and talk to her and, and communicate with her the way she needed because I didn't understand. And she found like, she was doing research online and she found a support group that she started meeting with weekly. And she became such good friends with some of the other people in this group because of that. And she felt so much less alone. And I, I like, changed her life finding this group and and being able to have people to connect to yeah yeah it's like if you think you're alone someone else out there is going through something similar 
Exactly. You're never alone. Um, okay, real quick, let's do a few listener questions. Um, I th- we could talk about so much of this stuff for hours. <laughs> That's great. Um, okay. So thoughts about age differences, especially specifically it's 15 years, 23 year old female, 38 year old male. What do you think? What was it again? What was 28? 28, fe- 23 female, 38 male. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, I'm all about people finding like I'm not here to like tell people <laughs> like uh, who they should fall in love with and who not. Um, right. I just think that it is important to like t- to talk about that stuff. Yes. Right. Like to talk about the difference, like difference in like w- like where someone is in life, difference in certain. There's probably some financial differences there in terms of like financial uh, priorities and life kind of goals and just naming it. So it's like not like. Oh, red flag. You know, it's more like topic of conversation, (laughs) something to lean into. Like this is, you know, something we need to talk about. And also as friends of those people, like something that maybe we should provide some like encouragement and support around. Um, So I think, again, it's not, is it good or bad? It's how are you discussing it? Yeah. Definitely. I think that makes a lot of sense. And it's not, not even how are you discussing it, but the fact that you are discussing it. Right. Like anything that's in the back of your mind of like, oh, like what if our timelines don't align on this? Or what if like they're thinking this and I'm thinking this, like you just have to talk about all of it and be incredibly open and honest for it to work. Yeah, exactly. And both people making sure that their needs are being met and that that it's all on the table. Like where that gets dicey is where like somebody doesn't say like, I'm trying to have a family like next week and the other person's like, I didn't know that. I don't want kids, you know, or like, I don't want that for a long time. And it's like, what? That's that's where that gets dicey. Yeah. Okay. Um, a listener wrote in, I, I'm a she, her, I am finishing my master's program in December and my lease is up in January. So I'm pretty positive I'm leaving New York City after that. Should I disclose this on, or should I disclose this early on, either while I'm messaging a match in the app or on our first date, or should I cross that bridge later on if the date evolves into something more serious? I want to get back into dating this summer, but I'm not sure how to approach it knowing my time in the city has an expiration date. Yeah, like I, it's funny because I I talked to a lot of people in the pandemic that were like, everyone in the pandemic was kind of fluid in terms of mm-hmm. where they were living, and it was like people were going to stay with friends that lived outside of the city or maybe staying with their family for a little while. So I yeah. think like that you always want to be able to make a connection no matter what. But I think like it's, I think it's important to disclose it, like. I think it's important to kind of, I maybe, maybe not included. I would say included in like the first conversation. You it, know, on the dating being, app or in person? I would say, I would say like even in the text, you know, I think yeah. it's just like, cause like, you don't want to like, you know, when you get excited about going like when I yeah. used to go on dates, it's like, <laughs> and then you're like, Oh, well you're but, moving to London. <laughs> like, right. I kind of want to date someone that lives where I live. However, I mean, I think like you can always leave the window. I'd say there's a caveat because I think we've all met, I've both, I've, I've experienced this where like right when I'm leaving someplace, I meet somebody amazing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, right when you're about yeah. to go through a major transition or like you're somewhere for the summer and the last week you're there, you're like, I met someone amazing. Yep. So every like time. if you were to, every time life works like that. So like maybe you don't want to disclose it like exactly in your profile. It, or or in the chat, just like maybe because if the connection happens to be magical, 
But I think mm-hmm. you have to disclose it like on the first date in the conversation, like before you, yeah. certainly before, you know, anything feelings physical happens or feelings are involved. I agree. I think I, so I know the listener said they're leaving New York City. I'm pretty positive I'm leaving New York City after that. So pretty positive is not 100%, but also that's you don't true. know where you're, where you're going. <laughs> so you could end up going somewhere that's not that far or that this other person is actually from or maybe wants to go do too. So I, I do think that there is a possibility that something could come from a dating situation in New York, even if you're planning on leaving. But yes, I, I do think it's very important to be upfront. And I would bring it up on the first date. Like when you're just yeah. talking about like how you're finishing your master's program and say, like, I'm not actually sure if I'm going to stay in New York after that, like here are the places I'm thinking about and just put it out there so that like, it's not this thing that's weighing down on you also. Totally. Well, Smiley, thank you so much for coming on. This was so great. I am so excited about everything we talked about. Where can people find you? Where can people find Friendship in the Age of Loneliness? Let us know. Sure. Um, Well, thank you, Alana, and and seeing other people for having me. I'm a big fan of the pod. Um, You can all find me on Instagram at What's Up Smiley. Um, My website, smileypuswalski.com, has all my information. And please buy the book, check it out. Friendship in the Age of Loneliness. Support your local bookstore if you can, um, or you can buy it um, on Amazon or wherever you get your books. Amazing. And it, I am obsessed with the cover and how they're all the little polka dots in the beginning of each little section. It makes it just makes me smile. Like yeah. I, <laughs> I love it. Yeah, that was uh, well, like thank- my goal was like <laughs> to make like a like a book that like would you'd feel like that you feel like you wanted to call your friends or that your Mm -hmm. friend was there if it was like on your desk or your coffee table. It's like this book is a friend almost. I love it. That was the goal. (laughs) Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you. And thanks to everyone tuning in. We'll see you next Tuesday.